This is the Bill Collector, where I'm Bill, and I'm a collector. How's it going? Nice, very nice Wednesday today. By the way, 420. You know what 420 means, son? It means it's the Hitman's birthday today. You know who the Hitman is? Well, for me, it was the other first baseman in baseball. And to many, it was the first baseman in baseball. Don Mattingly was was the shit when I was growing up. And uh, I don't even know if any, anybody really knows this, but uh, there was a time when Will Clark and Don Mattingly were about that close to being switched up. So uh, happy birthday, Hitman. You a damn fine player. And uh, I guess while I'm on it, I'm just going to show you a couple of pieces that I made of Don Mattingly. This is card art where we take baseball cards or other sports cards, hack them up, make something else out of them. <laughs> and that'll lead me into uh, kind of the first thing I'm going to talk about. Now, maybe I should be making more of an emphasis on this when I'm doing this program, but I'm an artist. Uh, I'm a visual artist. I paint. I do some graphic design. I make a lot of stuff. And so a lot of my stuff is just out there in the world. And uh, <laughs> I've made a lot of friends in the collecting slash art community. And uh, this is where my guys got my back, dude. So I get a, a DM from uh, just one of the social medias that I'm on. And my buddy's like, hey, dude, I think this guy's selling your design on, on, on some hats. And I had made up, God, I don't know, about five years ago, this Don Mattingly graphic. And... Uh, I do it in a way to where I can take these drawings once I've processed them and I can make them into, uh, you know, a one color type graphic. So let's say like, all right, that is one of those type drawings and you can make decals out of them. You can make stencils out of them. Um, and so anyways, there's a processing that goes on. And uh, needless to say, I've been selling these uh, Hitman hats for a little bit, and somebody saw it, and they decided they liked it, and they decided they're going to start selling hats on their own. Now, <laughs> you know, I, I've never had to deal with this before because, uh, you know, I'm not a world-renowned artist. And so... Uh, you know, I, I, I approached the, the person that was doing this, and um, let's just say that it turned out to be pretty easy in handling the situation. And, you know, I'm just going to I'm just going to accept the, the fact that the guy said it was an honest mistake because he really did make it about as easy as possible to uh, to square up on that situation. So, um you know, there are good people out there in the world. Like I said, he said it was an honest mistake. 
and with like I said the ease at which we took care of it I'm just going to take his word for it and uh, he has since then directed everything my way so thanks dude for being an honest guy and uh, you know sometimes things happen so there's that and uh, here's a funny thing the, the lady that bought a hat, one of the late, one of the people that bought the hat for me, she ends up in the front row at Yankee Stadium on TV with the hats on, and then the hats are out the next day. So timing is everything. But once again, we handled it perfectly fine, and. Uh, He's a customer of, my, customer of mine now as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, couldn't, couldn't have been any, any easier. Now, this one, this next situation I'm going to talk about is, is, is like, wow to me. I can't, I can't believe that, that this is really happening, all right? Now, I had made mention on an episode before that I'll just come out and say it. I had made a deal with uh, the Buck Leonard Association, I believe it is. And if you don't know who Buck Leonard is, Buck Leonard is a, a Hall of Fame baseball player in the MLB Hall of Fame. And he was a Negro League player. And uh, he played side-by-side with Josh Gibson at at a time. And they were known as the Thunder Twins. And uh, his surviving family is trying to keep his legacy alive. And, uh, you know, made a deal to get 300 of my coloring books with him on the cover that I had kind of adapted to their foundation. So their logos, their sponsors, you know, everything that, that you do on that stuff. And so I'm out here in, we'll just call it the Los Angeles area. And they are in North Carolina. So we have 300 pieces of, of print material sent via UPS out to North Carolina. And I got somebody waiting for me out, waiting for these packages out there. It's not like they're just going to be sat somewhere. I have somebody waiting for this stuff. And so box number one gets there. And I sent them all the same day. So box number one arrives. That's the smaller of the three boxes. Then a couple of days later, another box arrives, one of the bigger boxes, and that box has been ripped open. And uh, after after counting, 96 pieces of 130 pieces in the box were stolen. And then somehow, the third box ended up all the way back into California and back into my mailbox. Now, the part that gets me is, why would you even deliver the box if your hands are all up inside it? You know, it's almost like it's easier to explain if a box just doesn't get delivered. It's harder to explain when the box is delivered, but more than half the contents from within the box are missing. 
And this is the USPS that I'm dealing with. Like one of their employees thought it was a good idea to take something and still deliver the damn package. I mean, it's unbelievable. And so, yeah, uh, I'm just crying the blues, artist blues. Um, I'm an independent artist. And so, man, I, I really need, I really need things to go as smooth as possible because, uh, well, they just need to. And when you're paying for a service, you just expect things to, to get there. That's kind of tragic because uh, uh, the Buck Leonard, they're trying to get these things out to kids. Like I said, they're trying to promote the legacy of their their family member who is in the Major League Hall of Fame. And this just happened to be the first time they'd ever spent money on on marketing. Um, I think we'll get that taken care of. Um, now, I just mentioned as an artist, I have all kinds of resources that I that I pull from uh, books, internet, and everything on the internet. But when I was a kid, I used to literally know what I know about the player from the back of a baseball card and you know the the baseball card provides us or you whoever's looking at it with statistics and and these statistics are uh i mean when i was a kid that was the only statistics i thought there was in baseball how many doubles you had your batting average your slugging those stats and then as i've gotten older it's like war and OPS and, and all the, the stats that are within the stats, okay? And for me, as an artist, I use statistics in my artwork. Um, whether I just blatantly paint a statistic on there or I'm like weaving the, the statistic or the information behind and in front of the textures on the canvas. But one of the places that I found that was very, very, very helpful in regards to finding, like I said, the stats within the stats is a site called baseballreference.com. And uh, I'm sure if you're a baseball fan, you, you've employed that site for one reason or another. But me, I am on that site every single day to look up one one statistic or another regarding one player or another. And we're talking about stuff like you can, all right, let's say you want to find out what a batter is doing against a specific pitcher. You can find it. You want to see what the batter's splits are between night and day games. It's on there. I mean, things like when they were drafted, that, that isn't always on a baseball card. Or let's say their nickname. Because to me, there's the player, and then there's the person that the player is. And uh, for me, that, that's way more important than the baseball player. Because these guys have lives. 
these guys came from somewhere. They have families. They have uh, things that they were inspired by. They have favorite players and uh, just everything. It, it, it's pretty cool to get to know who the person is that's, you know, that superstar that you're looking up to as a kid. And uh, like I said, the back, the back of the baseball card was always a place that I went to when I was younger to find this information. So if you haven't been to baseballreference.com, I, I do it uh, because it's, it's about as, I think it's updated daily. And so it, it kind of gives you that one place to check out the stats. So I've made mention, and I'll make mention a bunch of times. Look at this. Look at all this giant stuff. I'm a Dodger fan. And so right now, at this point in my life, and Will Clark hasn't been on the Giants since, what, 1993? I don't, I don't follow here. The only reason I ever followed the Giants post-Will Clark days was to find out what scrub was wearing number 22. That was it. And I believe 22 scrubs wore that number beyond Will Clark. And so them retiring, it was long overdue. Okay, back. So, yeah, um, baseball reference and, and all that stuff. It, it's a pretty cool site uh, if you want to, to look at anything that's like, like said, stats beyond the stats, all right? And so right now, uh, my, okay, the person I have under the microscope right now is Cody Bellinger. My favorite player is Clayton Kershaw. And then, you know, my favorite younger player is Cody Bellinger. And uh, he's had a rough couple of seasons. But, you know, when I went on baseball reference the other day, I noticed that, okay, the one year was the strike year. I think that was 20, 2020. And then 2021, the kid was injured. And so in 2020, Cody Bellinger had come off his his shoulder surgery because he was getting the the separated shoulders. Okay, so that year, 2020, I mean, come on, dude. I don't know. I've never had surgery, but I've broken plenty of bones. And you just you're never really the same after it, all right? So then boom. So short season 2020 coming off the shoulder surgery. And then in 2021, I mean, was it within the first couple of weeks of the season, he has his leg broken. So then the rest of the season, he's playing, recovering from a broken leg. All right. Take that. We'll scrunch all the games that he played between those two years, and they end up being less than a full season, 162-game season. And it wasn't great. But within that, like I said, combined two seasons that equal about one season, still had over 20 home runs. He still had 60-something RBIs, and it was an underperforming season for Cody Bellinger. But there's this, there's this aura that I'm feeling that he's done, that Cody Bellinger is done. Are you kidding me? That's a 26-year-old man. 
hasn't even entered the prime of his life. And uh, hence, what we have going on with Cody Bellinger this year is, looks like he might be swinging the bat a little bit better, all right? And so uh, that's my guy. That, that's, who I, that's who I'm checking the, the statistics for every single day. Like I used to do with Will Clark. You know, funny, because back then, it was the newspaper. You had to get the newspaper in the morning, and and that. But that's what we did. I, 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 at least I did it. And, and oh, I used to suck at math. Trust me, I kind of still do suck at math. But it was the calculating of statistics and baseball that kind of gave me a, a better understanding of of. Uh, numbers how to get to a batting average easy how to get to the slugging percentage easy now all these other things all the 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 war and the ops we'll leave that for the nerds um and the statisticians and the the sabermetrics gods because i don't want no part of that so um yeah baseballreference.com if you're looking for the numbers within the numbers go check that place out because it it offers a lot of uh information that you know you may want (laughs) all right so i did go to baseballreference.com yesterday and uh yesterday to check out some will clark stats and uh it's been a while since I went this deep into it, but I wanted to see how many at-bats against every pitcher he ever faced. All right. From the guys he had 80 appearances to the guys he had just one appearance. And when I went into that, so, so all right, so you type the player's name and then your player's page will pop up. And then the first part's like, like I said, a, like a baseball card. It's the general information, the, you know, heights, weights, um, college they went to, biographical information. Then kind of over to the right, it'll give the numbers on each team that they played for that they wore. Then kind of scroll down, and it, and it gives you like the, the baseball card breakdown, you know. At bats, all the stuff going across, and like I said, I wanted to. See, I wanted to see. I specifically wanted to see what his batting average was against Roger Clemens. And so then I, I get down there, and you scroll kind of far down on the page, and there's a there's like I think it's a, a section that says batting splits, and then I, it's like in the middle of your options there's the batter versus pitcher so i click on that and uh i didn't notice right off the bat because i know that he only played against roger clemens from what 94 to 98 and so i knew that that wouldn't be a lot of at bats so i scroll down and i find um how many at-bats he had against Roger Clemens. And so here, here goes Will Clark's stats against Roger Clemens. This is pretty awesome, dude. So Will Clark played 
was it from 94 to 98 in the AL, uh, not in the AL. 94 to 98 on the Rangers, and then a couple years on the Orioles. So in his at-bats against Roger Clemens, he had 20 at-bats. In those 20 at-bats, he had eight hits, three doubles, two home runs, six RBIs. That's a whopping 400 batting average against the legend Roger Clemens. He had a 556 on-base percentage and a 1.406 OPS. <laughs> so let's just say Will Clark owned Roger Clemens in their showdowns, and that's pretty awesome. Roger Clemens, uh, well, I'm not going to say he's a Hall of Fame pitcher, even though he's a Hall of Fame pitcher. But Will Clark actually, he was pretty good against the best pitchers in the league. And uh, matter of fact, against Nolan Ryan, he has more home runs against Nolan Ryan than any other player in history. And that just happens to be the most home runs he hit off a single pitcher in, a sing in, in his whole career, and that was six dingers. Um, so I'm not going to say he necessarily owned Nolan Ryan, but boy, did he know when that fastball was coming. And that's pretty strong. All right. Well, um, I make mention on a regular basis that I have people looking out for me in the collecting world. And so, you know, this is just a corner of the space. And then the, the wall in front of me's got it. And then this wall goes that way. And a lot of the stuff that's within the collection now is from people um, within the social media world that you kind of build community with. And you know what a community is. It's people that are like likewise in what you're doing. Uh, these, these people know that I collect Will Clark. What's cool about the era that I that I started collecting, which was you know from the mid '80s until I don't know, Will Clark retired in 2000. That era of collecting is known as the junk wax era. And make a long story short, it's because they just overproduced so much of the stuff. But for me, the benefit of that is. Is it's vast. The the options are just plentiful. There's stuff that needless to say I will never know about. I mean, there's so much of it from the last episode I showed a, a book. It was like a book of coloring posters. Posters the color of a player. That's like unheard of today. Like today, it's baseball cards. That's about. I, that's about what you get is baseball cards. When I was a kid, it was just it was products and statues and and action figures. And what I'm going to show you is something that I would have never ever ever guessed. See, because right now what's happening is <clears throat> I just do general searches. Like so, when I'm trying to add to my collection and I'm looking for cards. I will literally, like if I'm on eBay, I will type in 1998 Will Clark baseball cards. And whatever from 1998 will pop up. 
and then I gotta, you know, so what I'll do is I'll build up my shopping cart with, see, I've looked at my card so many times and arranged them and, and organized that stuff to the point where I kind of have a visual idea of, of what's in there. And when something makes me stop, you know, I'll like put it in my, my shopping cart. And then I got to break out the albums and there's, there's about four of them of baseball cards. And then I got to go in there and I look and see if I already have that what's in my shopping cart. And then I delete and then, like I said, so on and so forth. Because I've done it where I'm like, oh, I don't have that. And I just buy it and then sometimes I have it. So I'm not like 100% knowledgeable of every single item that I have. But I have a pretty good idea. And now, because... Look, I have criteria in regards to what I collect, all right? Since I don't collect graded cards, that eliminates the graded card section for me. So I'm not going to, like, buy a 1986 Will Clark Topps rookie card for 50 60 whatever they're charging for those things in sweet, sweet condition. When I have... 100 150 86 tops i don't i don't need graded cards so that eliminates a product that i'm that that's something i'm not gonna buy so like i said that takes one thing away uh, of of will clark things that i'm not gonna get and because i won't spend you know more than five dollars on a card that eliminates a lot of stuff so my, my options are going down on what I'm adding to the collection. And, uh, okay, so I'm just going to get to it. My watchdogs are out there. They know I collect Will Clark. And when they're doing their, their I don't know, shopping or window shopping or just scouring the web for whatever it is, they will, if they see something that maybe I don't have or, or whatever, even if I have it, they don't know. So like, hey, Bill, do you got this? And so uh, one of the things I just didn't even think of collecting was pennants. And pennants are pretty rad. You know what I'm saying? Like, and when you go into it, holy smokes, there's a whole... There's a whole community of people that are pennant collectors, okay? And we're talking about, I mean, pennants have been being made for forever. And so the guy, um, I'll just say his name. His name is Greg. He's a San Francisco Giants fanatic and uh, an artist friend of mine and a friend of mine from... Um, the, the things that we do, baseball, baseball, art, baseball, history, and all that. So he's like, hey, man, this person is uh, selling a couple of Will Clark pennants, and um, you got them? And I, and I didn't, because I don't have a single pennant. Now, I will show, oh my God, I, I mean, I'm just literally, I just, I got them today. 
And uh, so it's mail day three. And uh, we'll show them to you. So the first one, this is Will Clark. Dude, this thing is so awesome. Holy crap. And the artist's name is Stark. And uh, all right, well, here we go. Damn, that is so fresh. Do, 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 do. Look at that. Sick. Cool caricature. He said the artist's name is Stark. I've seen this guy's art before. But look, there you go. Clark, 22. Retired. Long time coming, like I said. So, uh, friends out there in the collecting world, I appreciate you for keeping your eyes open. Um, I would I would have never known that this was out there. Uh, I kind of like. I've said it. I'm I'm kind of in a little collecting hiatus right now, and and I gauge that by. I have shit to put away. You know what I'm saying? Like if I haven't organized the the items that I have fully, then I don't. I say welcome. I'll welcome the shit out of the stuff that you guys are going to send me. But regarding, you know, me spending money looking for things, I'm not really doing that right now because, I, like I said, now i got to find a place to put these. If I don't have a place to put these, I don't really have a place to put anything else. And so, like I said, I'll take care of what I got first. And then when everything's in its place, boom, let the, let the games begin. So, like I said, until then, like, and look, out of the, you know, people send me stuff, and that, that's really bitching. All right, now the next one is Will Thrill as a Texas Ranger. I mean, look at this one's dope. Still has the, um, I can just hang this on the wall with a tack. I mean, that's really, really easy. And, uh, Cool man, I'm super stoked, dude. I need to um say thank you to this guy. I believe it was on uh, a Facebook, a Facebook group. That, like I said, they that group is regarding penance. And so, uh, if you're into it, go on sports penance on on Facebook. I mean, it, some of these penance are like, like applique letters on there like sewn on it i mean some of it's really beautiful stuff these are screen printed um and they're gonna look great in the collection all right well um i showed you the the coloring books from the other day and within that within the package that my guy Josh sent me were three Beckett magazines. And so the first Beckett classic photo with uh, the thrill and boogie on the cover. And uh, you know, I've, I've got this magazine a couple times. So uh, this one isn't super, super special. Put these here. Another thing, I would have never thought on my own to 
check these magazines for anything. I mean, I've got the covers with Will Clark on it. But then within the magazine, there's more. Um, so the reason Josh sent me this was because of the inner cover art. And uh, this is 1991. Look at that. That is a badass piece of art. And so, Josh, dude, you the man. And, uh, you know, he's had these for a long time, and uh, he sent it to me. Now, see, this one right here, I'm not, I don't care about breaking this, uh, this cover, so I'm probably going to cut that out and stick that in a frame because that's, uh, that does me no good like this. That's Ozzy, that, that little dude right there from the fight that, in 1987, he couldn't punch his way out of a wet paper bag. But this, this is all day, all day, all day, Rahu. So, anyways, that's one. And uh, Ozzy Smith cover. That's February 1992, issue number 83. From Beckett Baseball Card Monthly. This one is uh, ooh, the, the issue number fifty-seven, December nineteen eighty-nine, with old Ricky on the cover. And the reason he sent me this one was because of that art. Dude, look at that, man. That's so sick. I think I'm going to take that one out the same and put it in a frame. And uh, I consider those two more pieces to the collection. Uh, yeah. Now, there's a, there's a Facebook page for Will Clark collectors that I'm also a part of or part of, we'll say. And it's kind of cool to, uh, to to see the differences in how people collect. Now, there's guys that only collect the Giants' ears. I feel that if you're a Giants fan, why not? He's not a Giant anymore. I only collect Giants. He's gone. That's what I collect. And then there's people like me that I collect the whole career. And that's because Will Clark stayed my favorite player across the board. Then there's people that they collect the graded stuff. What I'm getting at is, is however you collect, if you're having fun doing it, then do it, you know, um, and somebody proposed this question on, on Twitter yesterday. And they said, if, if you're getting into the hobby for the first time, what are words of advice you would give somebody? So I'll just, just try and remember what I said. So if you're just getting into collecting, this is what I have to say. Number one, have fun with it. Like, like, make it something that's fun. 
and then also try your hardest to keep it a hobby because look if you think you're going to be a flipper that's not a hobby I, I, I don't really i don't really mess with flippers i mess with collectors that to me that's different that to me that's two different aspects of of sports cards or trading cards is there's collectors and then there's flippers so i'm not flipping anything i don't buy things to sell them i buy things to keep them in my collection and uh but like i said once again it's all personal preference but if you look up the definition of hobby money isn't involved in a hobby only actually spending money but if you're turning your hobby into a business it's a business now it's not a hobby so fyi and uh that's kind of like why i i collect still is because it's a hobby it's something fun to do spend my time doing it do some research see what you don't have see what you don't need uh trade with people talk to people and uh and that's kind of like what art isn't for me 100% anymore is a hobby because people want stuff from me and uh and so it becomes like a little business and so I can't always treat it like a hobby when like I said when I'm dealing with the USPS stealing my shit or when I'm dealing with having to retrieve my intellectual you know rights back and and so that's business stuff regarding art and i it's not complaining i welcome the business aspect of of art but it's not 100% a hobby anymore so um that's how i treat my collection here it's a hobby something i do for fun and there's there's not a there's not a dollar to be made doing this it, it likes this is it's a pastime for me like it's something to do when there's nothing else to do and art is like i said it's a responsibility slash hobby now you know so um you know in regards to as i mentioned the person borrowing my my hat design for their own deal well because i had rectified that now i need to make the hats you see what i mean so that's a job that's the job aspect of um being an artist and um look like i said i welcome it it's it's the one thing i know how to do that i know i do well and i believe everybody should have that thing you know um be confident in something but 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 if you're confident in something it, it should be because you just spent a lot of time doing it and refining it and practicing and and being out there and showing and all those things you know i don't believe in blind confidence i don't believe in confidence just cuz you're born like if you're confident like that is cuz your mom told you that everything you did was bitching that just ain't fucking true. I feel like kids need more doses of the truth. And uh 
Well, that comes from nurturing your kids, all right? Now, my mom is a creative person. My mom used creativity to keep me occupied. And then as a child, I was receptive to using, making stuff as a way to, you know, occupy your time and learn how to do something and be quiet. And, uh, and fortunately for me, I've been able to keep that, that fire of creativity lit throughout my entire life. And more than ever as a, a 47 year old man and that's kind of where this little world that i made it, it comes it comes from you know i i grew up playing baseball and then at 10 i didn't play baseball anymore i was a skater 100 until i was 15 or 16 and then i was back to baseball And then the one constant thing that I didn't even realize until I was 30 years old getting a divorce was that I made art pretty consistently for a lifetime. And it was at that time when I needed something, you know, that I turned to art and I made art my passion. And uh, look, I'm not a millionaire from it, but every every dollar I make from it is 100% earned from a lifetime of, of dedication. And uh, everybody should have something that, that uh, you know, they're able to, to produce confidently from and uh, hopefully, you know, be able to, to feed yourself with it, too. Um, now... The, the 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 how I merge all that stuff together the baseball the skateboarding and uh and the art is just uh, that's the weird combination to me is is how to make something creative out of that and it's easy with the baseball because I, I literally it's like you watch the baseball every day you're you're inspired by it uh like I said Will Clark to me was um I was phasing into something different in my 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 teens and uh something about will clark was like fuck yeah baseball's rad dude and i want to play baseball and i want to play like him and uh like i said then, then you get older and and the sports are sports are a young man's game so you gotta what are you gonna do with the rest of your life and for me i'm gonna make art till i die and uh it's something that I want to do. I'm enthusiastic about it still. Um, it's the one thing that I want to do every day. And uh, like I said, I hope, I hope everybody can find something like that for themselves. Because, uh, look, if I was as dedicated to art when I was a kid as I am now, I would have gotten a whole lot less trouble. We need something. Uh, I feel like a lot of a lot of human depression is linked to not doing something with your motor skills, and that being being active, you know, being creative, 
and just practicing something, something, doing something like not TV, like TV's cool when you're need a little TV, but, but TV's not doing anything for your head. Uh, I'm not saying art is the be all end all, but it definitely helps keep my brain, you know, from worrying about how messed up the world that we're living in is. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's not a it's not a drug either, so it's not destroying my body. Just critical thinking and uh, practicing something. So, anyways. That's about it. If you're watching, cool. If you're not, whatever. Um, just do something. You know what I'm saying? Just do something. And that that's a great place to start. All right. I'm Bill. This is the Bill Collector. Thank you for watching. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one.